It's Lights, Camera, Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Get ready for a new event, animated series, six episodes from Disney and Kugali. It's Iwaju, premiering this Wednesday, February 28th on Disney+. Plus. Joining me, director and writer, Olufukeyu Ziki Areola, production designer, Hamid Ibrahim, and cultural consultant, Tolu Olawofoyeku. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Congratulations on the series. The show is fantastic, and I can't wait for everybody to see it. Oh, yes. Ziki, the show is about 10-year-old girl Tola in Lagos, Nigeria. Disney has had a central focus forever of heroines, strong heroines. What do you think are the strengths of Tola and what you wanted to showcase with her on this series? Well, I think that... Tola's biggest strength is the fact that she's aspirational. She refuses to accept the world for the way that it is and instead sees the world for the way that it should should be and mm. has the courage to fight for what she believes in. I also like the fact that she has flaws that she needs to overcome and so she has the capacity for self-reflection. She realizes her wrongdoings with some of the other characters in the show. She reflects on that and is able to grow as a person. I think she's going to inspire a lot of people. Hamid, I loved in watching the episodes looking at the buildings. How did you study the architecture of Lagos, Nigeria when it came to this series? Oh, I went in a lot of depth. So in terms of kind of creating those buildings, there were two thought processes. There was one thought process of the more, how is it going to be useful for certain areas, which was the mainland. The mainland was very much everything has to be as useful as possible because we're low on space. It's very crowded. The island was meant to be more like uh, art piece that the rich and the wealthy would live inside. So that was a kind of base inspiration. And in real life Lagos, we do have an island and mainland. This is just an exaggeration of those two places. And then in terms of designing the buildings and the rhythm of the buildings, because to capture a soul of the place, how the buildings go, right? When I was driving down the streets of Lagos, when I went there for research, I was actually physically counting the spaces between buildings and how the building's rhythms would go. And it gives you a certain feel of the place. So when, you, when you're there, you kind of feel it when you watch it and, you, and you're in Lagos as well. And then generally the mainland ones, they were meant to be like almost like an Ankara design, so a pattern. So on the crates all have shapes on them. So almost a pattern kind of to engulf the whole place. That was the beauty of it. And then the island ones with the sculptures being there and them being actual physical sculptures people live inside, it gave it a very unique feel and look that I wanted to explore. Yeah, it is unique. I, I love looking at the architecture uh, on, on the show. And Tolu, tell me about your goals with the central friendship we have uh, with these two kids, Tola and Kole, and the arc that we go on. Obviously, no spoilers, but we go on an arc of, of how they are together throughout the six episodes. Actually, I think that's a Ziki question. Okay, sure, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. So I think the purpose of Hole and Tola are to give viewers the, the opportunity to experience life in the shoes of someone who was born in the island and has experienced affluence and privilege. And then with Kole, someone who was born on the mainland and has had to suffer hardship. Uh, because I, I've, ultimately, this show is to give people a pluralistic experience of various 
um, life paths in Lagos. And so what's interesting is that although you have this integration in the sense that they, they, they're in the same household, there's still this separation because of this societal and cultural divide between the people from the island and the people from the the mainland. And so their friendship is supposed to explore explore that nuance in the sense that in the beginning, you see that they're kind of friendly, but ultimately, you know, Kole is still working um, for them. And so there's still that separation. But over time, they grow closer and are able to bridge that gap and tear down those, those walls. Yeah, this is a show that is going to hook people right away, grab people's attention and and you stick with it because of the animation and the story and the characters. And also you're creating what I, I think is sophisticated suspense. This is a show about a serious topic, which is children being kidnapped. And um, Tolu, how, how do you feel you wanted to approach this topic knowing that it's going to be for a family audience? Okay, there, there was a very interesting thing that happened in the story creation process where Disney Animation encouraged us to just write whatever story we wanted to tell. We knew it was going to be family friendly because it's Disney, but they said, don't worry about that at first. Just write the actual story you want to tell. And Ziki was the writer, but once we had the story in place and we knew exactly what themes were, what story we wanted to tell, then Disney Animation brought that 100 years of experience in telling family accessible stories to help us format the story in a way that is accessible to children, but adults can still um, see the core themes. Yeah, absolutely. You guys succeed with that very, very well. I've got the Awaju Trio here with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. The show premieres Wednesday, February 28th on Disney+. Plus. Hamid, uh, the futuristic aspect of the show is very cool. The technology, uh, we've got uh, Tola at one point. She's she's up in the sky and she can buy products in the sky, which is amazing. What did you want to accomplish with the futuristic aspect? Awaju means future. So, so this is really uh, at the core of the show. Yeah, so thank you for bringing that specific example. The way we built the world of Awaju in terms of showing a futuristic version of Lagos is we do not want to borrow sci-fi elements from outside and bring them into the world. So the reason flying cars exist in this world is not because, oh, sci-fi flying cars, is because if you live in, in Lagos, first of all, the cars have spherical wheels. That's because the traffic is insane and people drive like crazy. So you can go front, back, and then sideways as well, very can maneuver very efficiently. But if you're stuck in traffic, which has Lagos has what some of the most insane traffic you can see anywhere, if you have the money and you could fly over it, you would definitely open up your wheels and fly, just like in the show. But that creates a challenge where you spoke about somebody buying a product in the air. A lot of the hawkers who in real life Legos would run after a car to try and sell something to it. If most of the wealthy people are flying over the traffic now, they need to find a creative way to get to them. So the drones the hawkers use to sell people products in the sky come as a result of that wild building or the fact that the rich are trying to get off the ground to escape traffic and things like that. So they have to innovate and capture the spirit of Legos, which is an audacity to make things happen. So the hawkers themselves make drones to approach the cars up in the air. Yeah. Will it yeah. surprise you if I told you that in real life in Lagos, in the traffic, you can buy um, vegetables, then buy a foot mask for your house, then buy a curtain, and then buy a dog. In wow. the town. Everything I said now is real. I did not exaggerate one bit. 
Wow, that that's amazing. That's amazing. And and the, the layers that you have with, with so many aspects of the show, I think families are going to love, along with the lizard character, Odin the lizard. Uh, Ziki, what does she symbolize for you? What does she symbolize for the series? The way you open with the show, it's like a scene out of a, a an action movie, a Marvel movie, and it's gr- a great way to get into the show. Yeah, a lot of people really like the character of Otten. So first of all, when... When I first came up with the idea for the story, I wanted Tala to have some kind of protector animal. And I wasn't sure what it was initially. You know, the natural instinct was to go for a dog. But then I thought dogs are quite ubiquitous and already that, that's already been done. So instead, I, I was thinking, what is, what's a creature that is unique to, to our part of the world that people will be able to be like, huh, I haven't seen something that looks quite like this creature before. And then for some reason, the Agama lizard which is which is native to Nigeria and I think other parts of West Africa became like really a really obvious option. Now the word Otin itself is actually named after a protector goddess from from Yoruba from Yoruba uh, mythology and and religions. So that just made sense because Otin is designed to be a protector. Also, as a lizard, she doesn't really stand out, you know, even in other parts of the world where we don't necessarily have agama lizards. You know, if you see a gecko crawling on the world wall or something, you're like, oh, that's that's, um, you know, normal. Whereas if there was like a dog or a cat, you'd be like, what's that doing there? So Otten also represents stealth. And the last thing about Otten's character is that she's the only member of the main cast that isn't human. And... Mm -hmm. I was very deliberate to try and create a separation between how she would think and behave versus all the 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 other characters because I think oftentimes we like to anthropomorphize, but I wanted us to look at things a little bit strangely and and I think that that different lens through which she looks at things creates a lot of curiosity on the part of of uh, viewers and audiences. Yeah, great character. And Telu, I want to ask you about your relationship with. The folks at Disney, this collaboration, and Jennifer Lee, who I met last year for the first time uh, out in California, and this partnership. And I watched part of the uh, hour-long documentary, A Day Ahead, which is also going to be available on Disney Plus. And uh, you guys at first wanted to, as you say, kick Disney's ass, and then you came together to uh, to make this show happen. How has it been working with Jennifer and the folks at Disney? Okay, well, working with Disney Animation has been an amazing experience because. I came to realize that everyone, the the team, the people that make up Disney Animation Studios are actually just very nice people. All the cheer and love and glee you see in Disney movies is not there because the writer just wrote it in. It's it's coming from the people who actually work there. And Mm -hmm. I've worked, I'm thinking of a particular storyboard artist right now that (laughs) that feels like an animation. And I'm like, how is this person real? (laughs) But um, yeah, but the thing is, they are very cheerful, happy people with a genuine love for good storytelling. So that made the work easier because you're working with people that you're genuinely happy to be around. And then because, yes, they have a hundred years of experience, but they didn't come at this like, hey, where the experienced guys will tell you guys what to do. They came at this like, what story do you guys want to tell? What do you want to show? 
what tell teach us about your culture we literally had and i think it's in the documentary we literally had an hour um a meeting every week where they would just ask me questions i wouldn't mm -hmm. come with a script like this, this is what i want to tell them today no they just ask me so in lagos if people are going to school how do they do this if if um how do you buy this in lagos how do you say this because they wanted to just be authentic and learn everything and get it right. So the relationship was just a very, very good one in terms of working with Disney Animation. I'm so thrilled for you guys. I'm thrilled that this show is getting out there uh, around the world and, and families and every animation fans around the world are going to love it and you will impact the immediate future and and the long distance future of animation and storytelling around the world. Iwaju premieres Wednesday, February 28th on Disney Plus. Guys, thank you so much for being here today on the LCJ Q&A. Thank, thank you, you for having thank us. You. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For all these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, lights-camera-jackson.com and read these interviews at animationscoop.com. Thank you for listening to the LCJ Q&A.